This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of Practical Shepherding. And I'm joined, as always, with Jim Sebastio. And we're going to get started here in just uh, a moment here. Before we do that, uh, go to practicalshepherding.com. You can reach out and contact us actually through the page there. You can leave a donation. You can access podcasts and books and articles and all kinds of things you'll find at the website. But go to sponsorpastor.org too and check that out. We have a video there that talks about the ministry and who we are and what we're about if you're unfamiliar with us. And uh, we'd love for you to, to see some of those things there. Uh, we want to jump right in, as we as we always do. And uh, today we want to talk about a topic that someone wrote in asking us to tackle for, through social media. But you know what, Jim? Let's face it. This is a topic. If there's one theme I'm hearing about with the ministry we do, it's this. And that's yep. pastors are just discouraged. What do you, And how do you deal with the discouragement that you feel as a pastor? And there's multiple reasons discouragement comes. We're going to talk about some of those kind of things, but we just want to highlight, like this is such a common thing that's taking place right now. So let me, before I go to you and you can kind of give us a text to to build on, you know, the the most famous statistic that that has been given the last, you know, six months that I'm sure a lot of the listeners have heard is is when the Barna uh, Report came out and stated, I think it was in the summer of 2022 last year, that 42% of pastors and considered quitting in the last year, forty-two percent. Like that's just a staggering number. Could you imagine, Jim, if forty-two percent of the pastors quit in two thousand twenty-two? Well, I, but I wonder. I wonder what the definition of of considered is because I think probably almost probably percent. Well, that's all about that's research, isn't it? Mind. But I mean, like, I, I imagine that means really, really contemplated it. We're on the verge of that, kind of. A that thing. was the way it was worded. But again, let's yeah. just say it was forty-two percent. That actually entertained the idea yeah. of one another. Yep, yep. Like, Looked like, into it. I can count on Jim. I can count on one. I mean, I was a pastor for twenty five years. I can count on one hand the amount of times I actually even considered going. Should I go do something else? Like, but that you just have didn't seven happen. fingers on that one. That's, hand. True. that's true. <laughs> that's true. Me and, and the princess, the guy from the Princess Bride. But you know, that's a different podcast, Jim. Uh, so pastoral discouragement is real, and yeah. I am hearing about it all the time. Like. I mean, daily, the conversations I'm having with guys through our ministry is guys fighting back the, the discouragement. Yep. So so let me, let me first ask this, Jim, as I'm going to you with just a text for us to build on, you know, is, is this shocking that ministry is so hard that it becomes a regularly discouraging thing for pastors as they're going through it? No, I mean, I think, I think ministry is custom built for discouragement. Yeah. In, in a lot of ways, the nature of what we do and how we do it, it is it is ripe for discouragement uh, with with very few exceptions. And so but and I think this is a longstanding thing. So obviously, I think you know, as far as like losing heart or discouragement, you have that well-known statement of Paul in Second Corinthians chapter four. And it talks about there that we he says, you know, so we do not lose heart. But in the context there, when you say something like that, you're talking about that. OK, um, all the pressure was there, all the discouragement was there, and he's talking about how he was able to keep going. You have Galatians 6, 9, which tells us, don't grow weary in well-doing, for in due time we will reap if we do not faint or do not lose heart, some translations say. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty-eight. The call, this is talking about the work of the Lord, the work of the Lord. Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing, he says, knowing that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. And I say often, Brian, in my discussions at church, I say, you know, you you need to learn to read text backwards. And by backwards, I mean ask, why is that written and why is it written that way? 
And when you when you say to somebody, listen, I want to just encourage you that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Who do you say that to? You yeah. say it to somebody who fears and feels like it is, yeah. and and yeah. and that there are reasons why. And you got to tell them, like, look, it it's not it's not in vain. It's it's it, you know the, you don't need to lose heart, even yeah. though your your outer body is decaying. You know that that kind of a thing. That's written with a real sense of empathy, and it's also written with, I, I believe, also a sense of autobiography Sure, uh, from a man who suffered greatly uh, in ways that maybe you don't always think about with the apostle, but physically, emotionally, relationally, who knew desertion, who knew hardship, who knew deprivation. Because of the ministry, he said. Because of the yeah, ministry. Yeah. It, 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 Paul had a, a door open to him as a young man where he was an up-and-comer uh, he could have been the top Pharisee, he could have become the next Gamaliel uh, in that setting. He would have been celebrated and loved and honored. And he went from that to being the off-scouring or the scum of the earth mm-hmm. in the eyes of many. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's, that, that'll wear on you after a while. Yeah, that's a good point. And the Second Corinthians 4 passage is really stunning because it, for the same point you made— I mean, it's bookended. That chapter's bookended with "so we don't lose heart." And mm-hmm. and when you bookend, when Paul bookends that, what is in between those te- yeah. those two uh, uh, statements is is pretty amazing, and it's chalked full of things that are going to make us lose right. heart. And so, uh, so the the ministry is you know, the, there are unique. We we refer to it this way often here. There are unique joys in being a pastor, Absolutely. but there are unique challenges right. and difficulties that come with it. So, Jim, let's just—I mean, let's jump into it. Like, what? what let's go kind of go back and forth on, you know, what? What do you see as? Mention one reason why pastors seem to regularly get discouraged in the in the work of the, the modern day pastor and what he's doing right now. Yeah, well, I, I've got several here, but Brian, I'm going to start with one. One is comparison. You know, he compares himself with others, uh, other pastors. You get together at a pastor's fraternal, and somebody's talking about how the church is growing and who got baptized, and oh, I just got a book contract or got an article published, or you know, he looks at a guy who's thriving, and often the guy who's thriving is a guy who gets to speak at a conference or he gets to speak at the gathering or or whatever else, and he feels like a loser yeah. uh, by comparison. Yeah. He, he looks at um, what he has, what his ministry has accomplished, and by means of comparison, he's exceedingly discouraged. Yeah, that's a good one. I would add, I'll add one. Um, just the the nature of the work is to get into messy places of people's lives, and we vault, we willingly jump into the hardship and grief and suffering of our people. Yeah, that's just hard to do. Now, I would say. One of the reasons I loved being a pastor is I I loved being in the middle of that, like, yeah. and I think it's part of the calling. That doesn't mean it does it's not hard, and it doesn't emotionally and spiritually, mentally just weigh on wear on you because of the nature of, of the work. So you can even you can love it at the same time. It's something that that wears you out, and I think discouragement can often come by just man, this is just really this is I'm in the middle of really hard. Situations, you know, I, yeah. I was on the phone with a, I was on the phone with a pastor, uh, you know, recently, whose main, you know, one of his main leaders, uh, was was caught in a, being a a serial adulterer. Yeah, and just li- just listening to him tell me this story and what had happened, and I mean, just the pain in his voice and the 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 layers of of heartache and grief it brought him, 
It's like we're that's that's the position a pastor's in. So I think discouragement comes, even though we may love this kind of work. Discouragement comes because we're just in the middle of difficulty and pain and hardship regularly. It's where we live, and uh, and that can discourage pastors and wear them out. What's another one for you? Yeah. Um, so um, expectations uh, that you had uh, going into a ministry, going into a church. Uh, so you start off, everybody loves you, everybody appreciates you, you have your honeymoon period. Uh, that can be one thing, and that maybe wears off after days, weeks, months, a couple of years, whatever the case might be. Some guys, yeah. it doesn't last real long. Uh, but you have an expectation. You have an expectation that uh, that relationships will be mended by the gospel. You have an expectation that people will get converted as they hear uh, the, the truth. You have an expectation that people are going to implement the things that you say. And, and you look at it and you think to yourself, in all honesty, I don't think I'm a bad preacher. I don't think I'm an unfaithful preacher. I don't think I'm an unclear preacher. I don't think I'm an impractical preacher. Mm-hmm. And so I have brought the word without apology. I've sought to bring it clearly, illustratively, and with application and love. And yet, I look at what it produces in the lives of the people, and it's discouraging. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I'm gonna my next one. I'll share. I guess kind of fits in an expectation category, but but I'll explain what I mean by it. I would say a lot of pastors get discouraged because they lack patience, and part of that points largely to expectation. What you're talking about, mm-hmm. but pastors are, are have this expectation that. They're going to see visible fruit, right? And and the so often the 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 rub is is that we a lot of the work we do it's it's of a spiritual nature. It's 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 eternal, you know, sowing we're doing. And when we have the expectation that I'm going to visibly or even temporally, worldly see what I'm doing, that it matters. We often get discouraged because we we have high hopes that we're going to see a bunch of tangible fruit in those ways. But I, I use the word patience. I, pastors get discouraged by by lacking patience because a lot of times, even if they're desiring realistic fruit that they want to see, they they don't give it enough time. And, mm. and I want to emphasize the, the parable of the sower, Mark 4, is a stunning paradigm for ministry. Mm. And Jesus does a, a wonderful service to us. He makes it crystal clear in that parable. By the way, all the parables of Jesus, like go look at them and read the consistent theme. The kingdom of God is built subtly, right. slowly, hidden in many ways. And what but our so many pastors have expectations of I want loud, immediate, invisible, and right. like, that's what we're expecting. So a lot of times when I dig into why are pastors discouraged, they're like Man, I've been preaching six months, and like nobody seems to care, and I'm really discouraged. I'm like, well, yeah, okay. Number one, I want to honor that. That's hard, even especially you didn't know yeah. it was going to be that way. Number two, man, parable of the sower says you just sowed the seed. Like you, you know, nobody expects the the seed to find good soil, take root, grow, sprout from the ground, and the fruit comes within a few months. Like, this is not how it works. And that Ill, that that metaphor that Jesus uses is really helpful to help us understand why patience is such a key category. For pastors to have discouragement, oftentimes comes because we're not seeing the results that we want in the time that we usually want to see them. Yeah. What's another one for you? Okay. 
Wow, these are really good, Brian. I want I kind of some of these I want to flesh out more. Uh, and I mean, yours is really good. Mine are excellent too, of course. <laughs> yours are excellent, Jim. Keep going. Thank you for the yeah. encouragement. Yeah. Brian. Um, uh, criticism. Mm. Um, nobody understands what you're saying, Pastor. Uh, the other pastor didn't do it that way. Um, that's not going to work. Uh, we can't do that. Nobody's going to volunteer for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, we don't have the funds for that. We don't, you know, and, and so, again, wh- whatever it is, um, you have somebody who has appointed themselves your uh, helper. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. And, again, to put it in the best construction, maybe they really do think they're being helpful. Not all critics no. believe they're being helpful. They some are, they some, are. No, some enjoy it. No. Um, but there are there are going to be some in a, in a congregation, almost no matter what you say, um, we're going to ha- offer drinks to thirsty people, you know, water to thirsty people. Well, not, you know, whatever, you know, somebody's going to oppose it, you know, <laughs> like you can't, I can't believe it, you know, um, but somebody's going to oppose what you do. And if there's enough of them and it's loud enough and urgent enough and insistent enough, uh, can be really, really discouraging. Yeah, that's a that's a really good one. I want to I, I want to comment on that because the here's the message that usually gets communicated by the let's give them the benefit of the doubt. They're actually trying to be helpful. Mm-hmm. Quotes. Um, the the pastor hears. So I'm I, I'm not even recognizing that you spent like 20 hours praying and writing and pouring into this sermon. Right. And you let and you just left your heart and soul out there when you preached it. So despite that, I just want you to know when you used that word, that was really a bad choice of a kind of why would you would have used a different word in your right. in your sermon. You know, just these these the nitpicky criticisms yeah. with a disregard of 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 a pastor's perspective is I just poured everything into this all week thinking of you and your one comment to me is that I, you wish I would have used a different word because you were annoyed by this choice of word. Yeah. That or, I or maybe you made a you made a grammatical error or or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Like, what you said a, was grammatically incorrect. You yeah. Know? It's home, idiot. You know. <laughs> whatever. Uh, All right. Let's see. So uh, here's a here's a another one. Um, the the financial strains of the ministry mm. discourages pastors. Mm. So, and this is one that I can personally, if I, if anything discouraged me or I'd say just brought anxiety into my life as yeah. a pastor, it was the layers of, of, of the reality of, I, I'm trying to financially make this work personally. I'm feeling the burden of a church. Not one year ever did I pastor and feel like we had enough money in the church. We never yeah. had a lot enough money. And that was hard. I mean, that, you know, you're trying to then, you, then you're constantly trying to adjust the good ministry that you want to do and you think you're supposed to be doing, but then the funds aren't there to be able to do it all is, is get that got discouraging to me. I'd say that's the one thing that I probably got discouraged with the most is just the, the lack of resources to be able to do what we really wanted to be able to mm. do as a church. And so uh, the financial strain that pastors feel, it's Well, it's even layered. personally, Brian, I mean, your salary. You that's know, what I mean, the, like the, the, personally you know, not, church, Yeah, not right? just, yeah, so you have the church things that you have a vision for, we'd like to give, we want to support missions. You feel like a failure because, you you know, like, it used to be giving 10, 20% of your, you know, to, 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 to missions and like, we can barely keep the lights yeah, on. That, you know? And that was us. We, we dealt with some of those financial hardships. And the reason that this becomes such a, a layered stress in a pastor's life and, and a le- uh, reason of discouragement 
is there's a clear correlation. And by the way, I want to highlight this because I'm hearing from a lot of pastors right now, and this is not going to slow down. And that is the churches are shrinking. Yep. The resources are shrinking. Yep. And there is a correlation, a clear one, for a pastor whose occupation is to be a pastor. Yeah. That he's feeling the personal stress, the church stress, and then the fact that the church stress is going to affect his personal finances. Right. That, I mean, Jim, I'm just saying, let's, we need to prepare like the next decade. It's going to be full of these conversations. Yeah. This is this is going to be a source of great discouragement for pastors in the next you know the next ten years or so. So, what's another one for you? Um, uh, stupidity. Okay. Uh, and what I mean by that is, you've made some boneheaded decisions, and yeah. you know you had a good heart, but you you blew it. You 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 spoke too quickly. Yeah. You spoke. Too harshly, uh, somebody came and said something to you, you responded badly, or you didn't prepare well enough, and you made... uh, Brian, I have made sometimes... uh, I I made a couple of careless mistakes sometimes in my preaching. Um, So, for instance, uh, I'll I'll give an example of this, and you can... I don't know if you want to go online and listen to this, but when I was preaching through uh, Hebrews 1... And there's a series of quotations that are given there. Yeah. Well, one of them, I scoured my Old Testament trying to find it, and I couldn't find it. And I thought, well, maybe it's a reference to this and it's a reference to that. Well, oh, a little yeah. more diligence would have shown that it was the Septuagint's translation of something out of Deuteronomy. Yeah, yeah. But it's so different yeah. in the Septuagint. You didn't connect it. And, yeah. I, and I, didn't, I don't know how I didn't catch it in my, in my commentary. Well, the next week I did. I'm reading a comment. I'm like, <laughs> well, there it is. And yeah. I said, and I had to go back and say, yeah, and you feel stupid. You feel like, that was really careless. You mm-hmm. know, uh, I should have known that. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did I? I stood in front of these people and I said something like, well, this is, you know, and then I had to come back the next week. Well, again, I'm good I'm, you should do that you should confess that you you did that oh and by the way a few weeks ago brian in one of our discussions on deacons i said something was a, a, a genitive and it wasn't by the way i went back and looked now i did say i don't have it in front of is me is this your public be, apology this is my for public that? apology but okay. again it's an it's a careless it's a <laughs> yeah. careless statement and yeah. that's what i mean by that yeah and that may not just maybe it's pride or whatever but i get really discouraged when mm-hmm. i like oh no! I had a lady say to me a few weeks. You're harder on yourself than probably anybody well, else. Well, you know, stuff. Me, yeah, that's probably true. I, I sent out an email a few, it was a couple of months ago now, about something I can't remember what it was about, church picnic or something. And one of the ladies said, "Oh, what's he apologizing for now?" She said when she saw the email was from me, she thought, "What's he going to apologize?" Because I want to be, I I want to be trustworthy in my handling of the scriptures. Or again, or sometimes again, you you you're you're trying to help a situation yeah. and you don't help. Yeah. You blew it. It was stupid. You didn't listen to everything, or you didn't have all the information, or you didn't understand everything. Yeah, you were too hard on somebody. You should have been soft on, or too soft on somebody. You should have been hard on, and then you're paying the price for it. And the consequence, maybe people are leaving the church over it, and it's because you weren't smart enough to handle it. And, you, can't and that, go, you can't go back and fix and it. You a can't lot of times. go back. Yeah. You know, that gets, so I, I, that really resonates with me as far as. I'll, stupidity, I'll let, yeah, stupidity, definitely. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I could relate to that more than anything, Jim. <laughs> uh, that, but just that idea of I would feel really, you know, I would really beat myself up when I realized I had not either handled something well or said something that brings, you know, clear consequences in the relationship with people. It's like, and and I want to acknowledge too that pastors need to expect this to happen. Like you and I both, 
are, are historically hard on ourselves when we do stupid stuff. Yeah. And we've actually, we, you need to, behind the curtain, everybody needs to know, we both have told each other, you're being too hard on yourself about yeah. that. Uh, but we're, we would presume a lot of you probably do the same thing. And so uh, you need to, to, to preach and pour out and do all we do on a Sunday. And then you turn around and try to have a bunch of conversations with people who want to talk to you about right. this or that. It's unfair for us to think we're going to handle that well all the time. Right. Nonetheless, that is that's where we live, and we're going to say stupid things or unwise things, and and we need to be mindful of that and to be gracious, you know, to ourselves. But that's yeah. leads. I'm with you. I can relate to that level of discouragement uh, significantly. Here's, here's go ahead. Okay. No, I was just going to follow up, Brian. Just say, you know, there's a righteous expectation of, of being faithful. Like I need to be faithful. There's an unrighteous expectation of fruit that comes from that, and and or like I didn't fix it. Well, the fact that you didn't fix it not, wasn't necessarily your fault. Yeah. The fact that that relationship didn't get healed not necessarily your fault. I'm I, I'm I'm meeting with a couple that's most likely going to get a divorce. Yeah. That's not my fault. Right. It's not because I didn't preach well enough or love well enough or give good enough counsel. But it still just, discourages you. It's, though. Oh, it's very yeah, discouraging. It discourages you. But though. it's but the, I I don't have to couple that discouragement with guilt. Yeah. Or with anger. That's good. Yeah, which we've talked yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, that's in the good. Past, so. Here's my last one I'll give. Uh, I think pastors get discouraged by the plotting of the work. Mm. The mundane plotting. Uh, this is a grind. I think that's where, you know, I think, you know, I think there's a lot of really good things that's happened through the years in the big conference circuit thing, uh, celebrity pastor thing. I think there's a lot of good that came out of it. One of the downsides of it, though, is that it did not portray accurate ministry to guys who were then idolizing what these guys were doing. You mean you're and not going to have 6,000 people starting new. to come to your church after starting a Bible study with four? No, you're going to have to deal with all the divorces and among those people if you're going to you know, do that. Exactly. There's a plotting, right? There's a plotting right. to this work. And I find that guys get discouraged in the plotting. And here's the, here's the message that they entertain in their discouragement. Is what I do matter? My daily grind is what I'm doing right now. Matter is what I've done all this week because you know I, I've said it several times on here, and but I think it begs to mention again here. I still to this day love to cut grass. I certainly loved to cut grass when I was a pastor mm-hmm. because this is the one thing I could literally go out and do outside yeah. for an hour, and at the end of the hour I can sit there and have a cold drink and sit and look at what I just did. Right, and I couldn't do that as a pat the, the plotting. Right. The plotting does not provide that same satisfaction. Sure. And so uh, I think pastors get discouraged in the plot. Uh, honestly, a lot of what we do with our ministry here is when we talk to a guy, regardless of what they're discouraged about, we usually have to, the, the message to them is, hey, man, what you're doing matters. Like, I just want you to yeah. hear that. Like, right. you don't feel like it does, but what you do, what you're doing matters. I want to say that now. Like, if you're a pastor listening to this, what you're doing, I don't even have to know you to know. If what you if you're trying to be faithful, what you're what you're doing matters. Right. You may not have something to hang your hat on today from what yeah. you spent your time doing, but what you're doing matters. We are reaping eternal sowing and reward, uh, and God is using that, but it may not be a way you can see it. So, can we give a few quick uh, encouragements here? Let's do it. Uh, yep, that's, it up. that's one of them. That's and that's an excellent okay. one. You go. All right, a couple of things. Uh, one is. Um, self-care in the midst of this and 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 i mean so some of this is mental self-care and some of it's physical self-care and some of this is spiritual self-care you need to stop beating yourself up you need to stop accusing yourself 
and, and, and maybe you, you might even need to change some of what you're reading, uh, because if you're reading, um, some, some ministries are hard on people. Some ministries are very confrontational toward pastors yeah. and hard on pastors. And, and you read enough of that, you're going to feel like a total failure. I, I love the Puritans. Yeah, we should but, only be but, reading so much Puritans yeah, for the balance well, of that. Yeah, and they're, and they're right. So that, that's that's you know. So you, you might need to take some, read something encouraging, read something devotional. Yeah, that's right. But then, Brian, we have to remember that you know, as Jesus taught, there there is there are rewards before men, and there are eternal rewards. There are things that only the Father sees, and He will reward them. Yeah, that's right. And and that our eye is toward an eternal reward. It's not over yet. Now that's another thing to remember. It it ain't over yet. Yeah, right. And that seed sown that you sowed with tears and with a sense of failure and grief may blossom into something ten years from now or yeah, twenty right. years from now. That's right. Or maybe even 50, after you're gone. Mm-hmm. And but that faithful word given did bear fruit. So that's what he says. He says, don't grow weary while doing good, knowing in due time. Mm-hmm. That maybe after your time on earth is over. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, but you can't, but if, but the only sure way to lose in it is to get discouraged to the point of losing heart and giving up. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, one I would throw out there just as, as far as encouragement is, you know, have a, have, make sure your expectations for your ministry are deeply rooted in biblical expectations, mm-hmm. not what the world tells you you're supposed to be. Uh, the, the discouragement a lot of pastors have comes out of an expectation they're setting for themselves of either what they see happening somewhere else or even what their denomination's telling them they should be thinking yeah. or what, whatever it is. But, you know, I, I honestly, what I probably say more than anything is I travel around, talk to pastors and, and do things is, you know, I remind them of, like, it's an audience one, ultimately. Mm. Like, God is not impressed by your numbers and how much money you have and your status as a... Pa- God's not impressed with any of that. He called you to the location and place you are with those people. And for you, this is why it's so unhelpful to compare yourself to other pastors. Yeah. If you, I think that is a deep part of the root of discouragement for a lot of pastors. Mm-hmm. If you can get to a place where you go, you know, this is what God has for me now. Right. And look for the spiritual fruit. That yeah. I would say that the way out of discouragement is to make yourself look for the spiritual fruit among you and genuinely look for that. I watch a lot of pastors not look for the spiritual fruit. They look for the other kinds of fruit they want to yeah. see. And that's what usually leads to discouragement. So focus on the the spiritual fruit that I'm convinced is present in every faithful pastor's ministry. Yeah. He just may not see it. Yeah. I said to a pastor yesterday I was having lunch with, and he was describing a really a litany of discouraging things and i said to him i said tell me two things that, that are encouraging to you that's good tell, tell yep. me tell me two people or two things that are encouraging you because you know we do as pastors even as elders when we get together we, we don't spend most of our time talking about who's doing great you know we're talking about what's the emergency which is and, which and, is a and, good thing to talk right, about right yeah. right and, and you but need we to balance but, it. but every once in a while we need to say hey you know we need to we need to spend some time with people that encourage us people that are life-giving to us and let me also say, Brian. I want to find him before you go there. Yeah. Did you? Did he say to encouraging? He him? did. He, yeah. So yeah. he was able to find. Yeah, them. he was able to yeah. find. Okay, that. keep going. So, yeah. you know, you you got to be able to also. There's a difference, and I want to make sure that somebody may be hearing this, who really does need to step aside, mm-hmm. and, and you're crushing yourself. 
And I think, I can't remember if we said this here, but I've said recently to some people, there's a difference between dying to yourself and killing yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, One is life-giving, the other is soul-crushing, to a, to, and, and, and not in a, in a way that's God-honoring. Mm-hmm. Not, not all suffering is redemptive suffering. Yeah, that's good. And, and sometimes you, you need to be able to say and, 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 and to recognize that even that re, letting it go and stepping away is not a failure. It's actually what you should have done. Mm-hmm. And therefore you've succeeded in that and not failed in that. Yeah. So for some guy who is so broken with this, it may be that's what he needs to do. That's good. Here's my final encouragement, and that's to um, honor your humanity in this work. And that requires the self-care you mentioned, but also requires just being mindful of having regular rhythms of rest in Mm -hmm. your life. So I'll give an example. I had a pastor write me this past week, and who I know, we've dialogued in some different ways, but he essentially said this, I'm I'm discouraged. I'm exhausted, yeah. and I don't know what you know. I don't know what to do. And he's kind of remained in this state. And as I dug, as I dug into just a little bit of okay, tell me about the rhythm of what's going mm-hmm. on, you know. And mm-hmm. and he started to articulate. He said because I asked, you know, what, are you, do you take time off? You know, do you have time you rest and have a rhythm of that? And this was an interesting statement he made to me. And this this I think a lot of pastors relate to this. He said, well. All my vacation time is spent traveling to see family. They live far away, so it's exhausting. So I'm right. exhausted right. when I do go on vacation. And I finally just was like, "Hey, man, you see what's going on here? Like, you don't rest at all, right? And I believe you're not going to work yourself out. I, everything could be going great, yeah, but you're not going to work yourself out of being discouraged and exhausted if you don't rest. Right. And so. I want to put that out there. I think a lot of guys think because they maybe have a day off and honor it sometimes and maybe take some vacation, but they're always running and going. They think they're resting, and they're really not. So discouragement uh, oftentimes comes out of just not having a rhythm of rest in your life. Evaluate how much you rest, and that means resting. That means letting go of ministry. That means doing fun things that you love to do, And, and that really matters to the human soul. And then finally, Brian, I'd say for me, finally, is maybe get some counsel or get some perspective because sometimes you don't see the good you're doing. Yeah, yep. and and you need you you focus. I I I I have focused far far more on my failures than any of my so-called successes. Mm-hmm. You know, as as I evaluate, and that's I'm learning to do a little better in that. But sometimes you need to open yourself up to somebody. You might need to get a little bit of counseling from somebody, yeah. or allow somebody to speak something. Be vulnerable enough to tell somebody, I'm discouraged, and, and this is why, and let them speak to you um, some life-giving words. That's a good final word, that don't ever suffer in discouragement alone. The yep. worst thing you can do is isolate yourself from uh, this, these feelings of discouragement and what's going on. Make sure you're bringing others into that and have others you can go to. And like you said, maybe you need to actually go regularly and, and sit down with somebody and get some help. So, yeah. uh, brothers, this, this work is is worth the struggle and working through the discouragement and fighting against the discouragement. Mm-hmm. So Jim, we just take a minute. Yeah. Pray for these guys as they battle that discouragement. Father, you know us, you see us, you know our anxious thoughts are far off. You know every word upon our lips and every secret in our hearts. And Lord, you know that within the hearts of those listening to this and those involved in ministry 
that there's a desire to honor you and to please you and to do good to your people. And Father, we sometimes have a, an idea of what that looks like, and sometimes that is not met, and it's discouraging and disheartening. And we feel, Lord, that we have failed you and failed others. And so, Lord, do come alongside your own and give that balm of gospel rest, physical and mental, emotional strength, we pray in your Son's name. Amen. Amen.